National Association for the Visual Arts is the peak body protecting and promoting the professional interests of the Australian visual arts. Nava in Conversation is a series exploring the issues and challenges of working in the sector. We speak with artists, curators and administrators to gain insight into the experiences of contemporary practice and seek to propose ideas for change, progress and resilience in both local and global contexts. For this episode, we hand over to Kelly McCluskey and Sarah Roberton, the co-directors of Proximity Festival. Kelly and Sarah talk through the premise of the festival and provide an insight into what we can expect from the nine intimate performances occurring in Cathedral Square in central Perth. The festival runs from the 26th of September through to the 7th of October, and you can find out more information by heading to the Proximity website. My name is Kelly McCluskey. I am one of the co-founders, co-curators of Proximity Festival and also the co-founder of PVI Collective um, based in Perth. And I'm Sarah Rabitam. I'm also one of the co-founders and co-curators of Proximity Festival and I am based in Perth as well. So Proximity Festival is Australia's first intimate performance festival. We curate a um, season of intimate one-to-one -one performances um, every year mm. and we uh, occupy a different venue as well um, every year throughout Perth. So we've worked with the Blue Room Theatre, we've worked with the Perth Institute of Contemporary Arts, we've worked with Fremantle Art Centre, we've worked with the Art Gallery of Western Australia and this year we're going to be at Cathedral Square across multiple venues at mm. Perth Town Hall St George's Cathedral, State Buildings, uh, the Perth Library, Outdoor Surrounds. So we yeah. kind of... Yeah. It's a bit of a shift for us in terms of a non-arts-based, you know, institution. It's much more of a neighbourhood precinct. And just to clarify, I guess one-on-one, -on -one, when we say one-on-one, -on -one, we mean one artist um, and one audience member at a time. So it's a very intimate um, performance experience that you enter into as an audience member. Mm. I always like what you say about the festival being like an anti-festival. Mm, yeah, it is a bit of an anti-festival because I think we all assume festivals have really big crowds and yeah. long lines to the bar and there's a sense of um, uh, almost like camaraderie with a huge groups of people. Yeah. But whereas proximity, it's just, it's such a reverse, it is about one person at a time and an experience for a solo audience member. So when we do occupy those spaces, it's a very strange kind of occupation because it can seem quite kind of covert or even every day quite pedestrian. I think particularly with the context of Cathedral Square being, you know, you're negotiating public space, civic spaces, corporate spaces, um, and, you know, some of it will go unnoticed, whereas others will kind of make themselves more apparent that their performance works. Um, but, yeah, I like that term of an anti-festival. An anti-festival. <laughs> I think when we started, we were putting quite this very inter interesting restriction on ourselves about one person alone in a room mm. with an artist. But actually, one-to-one -one can be in a crowd and it can be yeah. in public and there could be this additional layer of audience that could wander past and, 
and be witness to what's happening, mm. but they may not actually know exactly what is going on for that audience member, or even if it's a performance at all. And I think that's a really interesting space to be playing in. And I think that's yeah. why we've been drawn to start working in the public space. Yeah, with all of its uh, fun, fun parameters. <laughs> I think a lot of people ask us whether we um, curate the festival thematically, mm. and we've been pretty um, pretty certain on actually not putting a kind of theme of restriction in some ways. Not not, not a restriction but a theme on proximity because mm. I think proximity is about intimacy. It is about proximity and that is quite a strong um, focus in itself. Yeah, it's enough. Like it's enough of a, of a kind of a boundary to kind of um, explore and I think if we were to layer something else on top of that curatorially it's much more interesting to see with, with, with the artists where they're coming from with their ideas and how they can kind of craft their ideas into an intimate experience and for that to be their core focus because it's a very um, niche I would say um, area for, and I think one of the thing about the the artist, let's talk about the artist for a second, is that it's it's all kinds of art disciplines as well. Um, so it's not necessarily um, a festival full of performance makers or theatre makers. There are visual artists, musicians. Um, there have been a huge range of diverse practices. Yeah. Um, and, and each one of those artists that, you know, interested in exploring their ideas and their their work in a more inti- at a more intimate scale so it's kind of a challenge for everybody really mm. i think um from an audience perspective we've got you know the real kind of diehard proximity fans that love interactive performance mm. and, and are really um wanting to engage as much as possible and then there's the other audience which are really intrigued but uh feel quite um, apprehensive apprehensive about it. And when I speak to those audience members, I, I always say, do you prefer to have a one-on-one conversation or a group conversation? And most of the time people would respond with a one-on-one conversation. Mm. And I say, well, think about the shows like that. You're engaging in a one-on-one conversation mm. and the artist is as nervous as you because they don't know who you are. Or they don't know what you're going to do. From. Yeah. So yeah. it's this, it's actually the the playing field is more balanced than you think sometimes. To what why why do it? Why do a festival like this? And I think there was, you know, in my mind there's a kind of a very fundamental uh, necessity for us as human beings to connect <laughs> to connect on a very basic human level. And I think that, you know, so so much of our our daily lives in some way, shape or form are, you know, are, are mediated or we're mediating, you know, through our digital devices and that there's such an onslaught of, of information and overwhelming uh, sense of stuff that's going on in the world that it can be very a very overwhelming and confusing place and that to, you know, reduce something right down to, you know, a simple one-on-one encounter um, can be quite profound and, and something that, you know, we, we, without knowing it, we're kind of craving it. So maybe it was kind of a realisation, maybe that's much more of a philosophical reading of it, um, but I guess that's that's in there too. Yeah. It's funny, I have, I have moments recently where I've been feeling like one-to-one is, is like a very privileged art form. Mm. It, maybe it is indulgent. Like it's rare to sometimes also get this time. Hell yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> and that's not a negative, but I think it's good to be very aware of the privilege and indulgence of the form yeah. as well. But to fight for its necessity to be there, De- I kind of feel like. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's still, it, it still has a very, uh, its place is, is, it's still relevant and it's mm. um, important to be in existence. Um, where should we start? You and I? Yeah. I mean, you and I, um, we, you know, this is not our full-time job. We're doing so many different things, you know, working at Perth Festival mm. and working with other artist collectives and Kelly Owens PVI collectives. So proximity has always been a very important thing for us, but it's also been, um, you know, something that we uh, tend to do in the background of our lives for a, a quite a long period of time in the year until it comes to the fruition and we have to kind of knuckle down and do a lot more dedicated work on it. And I think that's uh, the, a good thing about keeping it as an artist-run initiative is yeah. that you, you have this flexibility to do it, but at the same time it means that you uh, don't necessarily have the right resources to be doing it as well. That's so. right. That's a really good point. I think as well that, that, that being artist-driven is, is something not to kind of take lightly because I think that we bring those sensibilities you know, as well as the experience of working for these other organisations that you mentioned, Sarah, it is also, a, there's a very kind of, without wanting to maternalise it, there's a very nurturing side to Proximity Festival that is very kind of aware of um, the artist experience of, you know, generating co- um, creative content. Um, but, you know, but there's also this kind of hyper-awareness of that you're, you're making work for an audience of one and that requires, you know, quite a lot of you know of thinking and of working out and it's often can be quite difficult to put it into practice because obviously you need that one other audience member there so you know for it not to be a lonely experience for it not to be like you're you know you're shut off in a bubble so we very much want to you know all of the artists that are curated get brought together in the off year of our biennial and then um, we have a, a creative lab where we you know we, we we push forward with people's ideas we explode ideas out we work shop you know we work on site um, and allow ourselves to respond to spaces and we we, we basically develop a, a a sense of kind of camaraderie and and uh, you know we become crash test dummies for each other's works and you know are able to critically interrogate um, some aspects if people aren't performers performance makers there might be a performance maker there or a sound maker and suddenly you realize that there's this kind of little microcosm of a community that started mm. up that is kind of very self-supportive it's very peer-to-peer um, which I, I feel is kind of really um, quite unique. I um, think so as well. And I think it's not it's all it's not all um, rainbows and butterflies. Oh, hell no. It, 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 you know, if you uh, mm. it allows for people to to challenge each other as well and have confrontational conversations mm. about not just making art but also about cultural protocols and mm. um, you know, response, responsibility as an artist and also for audience and self-care and audience care and and also to challenge us as well. Mm. I think we've never done a festival where we haven't been challenged head on by the artists because we're asking a lot of them and they equally can ask a lot of us as yeah. well. Um, 
and it's it's almost like we do create this kind of intensive mm. But it needs that intensity, I feel, to kind of push the ideas forward and to, to raise the bar for everybody in the room so that you're kind of, you really are kind of um, pushing at the boundaries of what you're kind of comfortable with, but also really interrogating the audience experience. And I want to come back to that because I think that, you know, um, it's a it's a fundamental um, mistake sometimes that um, some artists make when they when they put in for the process of proximity festival to want to be part of it and and suggest ideas but the ideas are not fully thinking about the experience of the audience it's almost like an imposed situation that that the audience member don't fully have a sense of of choice or agency in and so I think we very much want to kind of flip that around to kind of go what is the audience experience how do they enter into this work what is the you know the 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 exchange that's happening or the interaction that's happening what is it doing what is it saying how is it making them feel and how do they leave the work and to to think of it very much from their perspective Yeah, I think we started Proximity being, we were trying to be as um, open and democratic as possible. So we were doing call-out processes for the, actually for the first four years of the festival. We did open calls. We invited people to come to the venues, to wander around. We photographed and videoed the venues for interstate artists to have a look Mm. as well. And we really put it out there in the open. If you have an idea put it down on a one-page document and send it through to us. We're very conscious of the amount of administration applications and funding caused, so we really just wanted... Streamlined, the, the crux simple. Of the idea. Yeah. Um, and I think that worked for us mm. for, the, for the first few years of, of running the festival, and I think after, um, after the fourth year, you know, in terms of us building our reputation and knowing you know, the artists that we might be interested in working with and people's timelines, we started to also see the benefit in um, doing a much slower curatorial process where we engaged in a lot of conversations with artists Mm. and well in advance of the festival year and um, slowly formed and curated a program of artists rather than ideas. Mm. So looking at and talking to artists and seeing where they're at in their practice and then rather than them asking to pitch an idea yeah. to, to really believe that they were, they were in the right frame um, in their practice to be able to want to do this mm. and then to consider what they might want to do and for us to back them with that idea yeah. or challenge them and come up with a new one. and So it's really changed in the last two years. Yeah, Essentially it's nine artists that we're curating um, and those... Um, nine artists um, as part of the festival are curated into three streams. So if you think about three artworks per stream, an A, B and a C stream, um, you then have kind of, uh, as an audience, you can experience the whole lot and go totally hardcore and be <laughs> at Proximity Festival at Cathedral Square for the whole day um, because it's a it's a daytime um, festival as well this year, um, or you can select a specific stream, and um, those streams tend to be kind of clustered in relation to their experience, um, and, and and kind of find their own sub themes by themselves actually. Mm. Um, 
So it's kind of a bit of a, a bit of an option for audience members as to kind of how far they want to enter into the whole proximity experience. And interestingly, what it means for the artists during the festival is that they have a 20-minute piece that they run nine times a day um, over a period of ten days. Ten days. And if you just think about the 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 <laughs> the actual um, logistics of that, it's a really tall order for you know someone with the the greatest of performance chops, you know, or durational performance practice. But um, to be able to do that um, is is it actually takes an incredible amount of stamina. Um, so to be wary of that and to to look after as much as we can um, the, the artists to and prepare them for kind of what that is because they can often kind of hit as a real shock like oh my god I'm having to do this over and over and over again but the beauty of it for me is that you're doing it with different people and it's going to be like you said at the very beginning Sarah mm. different every single time so you're totally on your toes and you're totally learning about yourself and the work anew each time there's a new audience member through mm. the door we normally don't give much away about what the experience is actually going to be we we tend to kind of frame each of the artists work quite loosely and that's done very intentionally to not kind of give the game away in case there is a a reveal or there is a a space that you enter that that you know will take you by surprise and mm. so it's it's about kind of not knowing when to reveal <laughs> um what's happening so i kind of i like that kind of slight covert nature of it it kind of um it it increases its appeal for me In Program A this year, um, as an audience member, you would start with Martin Coots and his work is Shell Game. And Shell Game is, um, is, a, is a work that's roving through Cathedral Square and it places you in the centre of the Spratly Islands, which is an international flashpoint where shipping and mango experts and the odd K-pop star have been caught up. <laughs> and I, I didn't know about the Spratly Islands actually before Martin mentioned this to me and I, I did some research and it is these it is literally a, a bunch of rocks mm. out in the South China Sea. That it, they, these kind of become these highly contested spaces in terms of whose territory, who owns them, who has the right to do what, where, and also activities that have been going on, you know, right under our noses without our knowledge. So it's kind of interesting. And I think Martin, as a practitioner, is completely obsessed with these islands. And so the experience that he's kind of planned out is kind of transplanting or kind of layering um, one sense of space over the top of um, an actual physical space like Cathedral Square. Um, and the whole work for him operates or the conversations operate within corporate foyers. And so he island hops from one corporate foyer to mm -hmm. another um, with audience members and you gradually become aware of um, the situation in the Spratly Islands. And you start to realise the uncertainty and future of the islands but also potentially your own sense of place in the location that you're in yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's where he's coming from with the work is kind of what do we really know about our sense of place? Hmm. Um, and that seems to be a pretty fundamental question um, to be asking. And so, something which comes up through 
the program yeah. this year quite a lot because Cathedral Square is this very interesting mecca of civic and religious and private corporate, corporate um, luxury hotel. It's, yeah. it's a really, you know, everything you can think of, it's in this one square. Mm. Um, and it's still finding its identity and I think the artists are also exploring its identity as well. In yeah. Work. Um, Hannah Bronte, uh, who's a Brisbane-based artist, is creating quite a personal um, work called Trespassing, Don't Touch My Hair, <laughs> and uh, which, which you know, is probably an intentional Solange reference. <laughs> yeah. um, Hannah is an uber, uber cool artist who is also a DJ and I think this work really brings together her love of textiles and uh, and rapping and hip-hop culture um, into one kind of experience mm. and uh, the way that she's kind of framed it is a sonic encounter which braids political, poetic and power-laden rap um, to explore culture down to the root. Uh, for this work, I think Hannah is really, really kind of backing the black matriarchy mm. um, and and I think... I'm giving it kind of voice, like just really raising its voice loud and screaming it from the rooftops in a way that's celebratory and joyful but also has a sting in its tail, you know. Um, from Hannah, it's Chittamadamia's work, The Ride. And I think uh, Chittam has this incredible uh, aesthetic and visual uh, presence about her work. Yeah. And, you know, if you've seen her work at, you know, Mona Fimo, statues and monuments being wrapped in pink material or plastic wrap and she has great videos of her um, blow-drying her um, hijab yeah. into the air. And this, again, is uh, is a look at um, the experience of um, patriarchy in Australia in very playful and deviant ways. And as an audience member, you're asked to be an extra on a film set um, through an Australian landscape, and um, what plays out on the on the film set is uh, is funny and dark, and and you know uh, has an element of kind of the critical cynic, uh, which I, I'm always a, a huge fan of. Um, Exclusive um, is the next work in that program, who's um, which is made by Nat Randall from Sydney. And I think um, everyone's quite aware of Nat's 24-hour performance feat that she's been doing around um, the different festival circuits. And this, mm. again, is a very similar format to The Second Woman, but it's called Exclusive and it's really um, kind of looking at the nature of um, daytime television interviews and reality TV and the interview itself and... Um, this, the cult of the celebrity that's formed out of the interview and Nat is looking at this as being a durational work mm. for herself and each audience member that comes into the room is set the task of interviewing her and there's no question that's off limits. Everything 
she will answer with will be the honest truth. And everything is being recorded. So for Nat, even though for the audience, the nine audience members that go through that day, they will get a 20-minute slice and their their 20-minute interview opportunity. But for Nat, it exists as a whole durational event where she's on the whole time. And I think that's a very... um, sadistic challenge on that spot (laughs) that's kind of where she's coming from and you know her previous work with hissy fit very much kind of looks at that aspect of of duration and um and and the um i I guess the kind of uh, from a very feminist um contemporary feminist perspective So there you have it. <laughs> so yeah, dreams of proximity, epic, epic thematics, epic thematics, intimate experiences. Like every year, it starts off um, playful and political, and it ends up being quite a. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> <laughs> you really do get to wander between remarkably different buildings and have these quite personal and intense experiences mm. for twenty minutes at a time fundamentally we're, we're trying to create a space um, and a support network in some ways for mm. artists who want to make participatory work mm. um, and it's not something that's readily accessible in Perth mm. um, to be able to do that when you leave if you decide to go to university to study art or performance there is no performance art unit mm. for example or live art or live art unit um, so you are kind of left to your own devices mm. and to try and find the people that might be interested in that form or, yeah. or go the east and you know, not everyone has the ability to travel. Mm. We are very far away from other states. Rather than just focusing on outcome, also focus on development as yeah. much as possible. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I would say it, it is a producing and presentation model. And I think that I think that does come from our personal experiences mm. of, of making and living in Perth, um, and what feels like it needs. Yeah, and it's being responsive kind of, to that. Yeah, it's an intuitive thing. I, I feel like year after year we're really pushing the art form of one to one and yes. what is one to one. And I feel I feel like the next step for us is to really like explode it even one step further and. Um, I still feel like there's a place for one-to-one performance in proximity, but I think it has the ability to take a next big step and to start to work on projects that are that are about intimacy, that are small scale, but not necessarily just for one audience member at a time. Mm. Um, and what does one-on-one mean? I think that we, we try to kind of, with the conversation, the public talks programs, we, I guess we do try to dip into kind of where to next sometimes. Mm. And in particular this year, uh, in response to being at Cathedral Square, we have a, um, a public talk facilitated by Jeff Kahn, who is our provocateur for Proximity Festival. We have a guest provocateur each time. And we've been super lucky to have Jeff, who, are, as people will know, is the artistic director of performance space and has done next wave festival and many other things a big champion for live um, performance practice and is originally from perth and is originally from perth 
Um, and so one of the panels that, that Jeff's taking is is to do with kind of like whose neighbourhood is this, whose space is this, what does it mean to, you know, be trespassing gently upon this, uh, you know, uh, in this kind of, in these different worlds of kind of civic corporate kind of layered spaces but also on the land itself. And and also in, in acknowledgement that it's Wajak country. That's right. Well. Yeah. Um, and the other talk, um, sorry, which is where I was getting to, is is called I Switched My Robot Off, and that's looking at the impact of technology in kind of performance practice or, um, the, and in particular, some of the artists who are working with um, uh, mediating their um, their works, whether it be via Nats, kind of like television um, framing, um, or people that are using text messaging or things like that. And it's looking at, I guess, the influence of technology in practice, but also technology as being almost like a third eye or <laughs> a secondary listening device. We all have the these smart devices, or the majority of us do, that have the capacity to be listening all the time. So what does that mean to have, you know, somebody else, another entity, an intelligent machine um, in the mix? So I think already we're starting to kind of push at the edges of this one-on-one, mm. um, which I, I find really exciting. What's been really good this year as well now that we're in year five is like Kelly and I decided that we would do a retrospective of um, all of the works that have come through and been developed through Proximity Festival. We're calling it Proximity in Pictures and uh, we've always had this um, ongoing struggled relationship with documentation Mm. and I think anyone that has created a one-to-one or even a participatory work and documented it before you'd know what I mean in terms of this um, this ongoing uh, kind of question around how do you actually archive or document this yeah and should you and what should is you purpose? yeah if it's an ephemeral you know moment in time that is intended between you and this other person is it right to be documenting it and then you know pushing it back out there for another audience or, or just what is, if you do do it, what is, is contextualising yeah. it in the right way. And um, we've decided that we would, rather than exhibiting documentation, we, we're creating a bit of a, a long table study room mm. um, where you can come and watch past proximity works and flick through photos and maybe read and listen to some audio recordings from works and you know it's really experiencing the archive of proximity through a multi-layered way Mm. um and and i think it's important to to have that as a resource for people to acknowledge that it's actually difficult to find um documentation or a history of live performance practice especially in perth and to be able to offer that as a resource to people or, or a listening room is really exciting. and But I, I, I really take your point about the, the lineage of, of performance practice, live art practice, and I think that we've really, with proximity and pictures, we've also been in touch with the Live Art Development Agency in the UK who have an extensive archive um, dedicated to experimental um, performance works and um, we so the proximity and pictures the archive itself will be going over to the live art development agency to be permanently um, in their collection in their collection which, which is great yeah. 
Head to our website visualarts.net.au for more information on NAVA's advocacy and campaigns for improving the working environment for Australian artists and arts organisations.